0: Well, good morning. It's been a long time since I've stood up here chatting with you all. And I feel like Carrot Top. i got to bring my box of uh, props. I don't feel comfortable if I don't have a lot of stuff around me. If you haven't seen my office lately, you know what I'm talking about. Got about five projects going on and everything's in there. I'm happy to be here. My name is Tim Severance, and uh, I know most of you. Uh, Some of you might be new, but I haven't stood up here for about five years. The last time I preached, the last time Andy let me preach up here, was uh, October 14th, 2018. So it's been a little little while. So I may be a little rusty, um, but... I want to say hi to everybody watching online. I don't know what camera we're on, but we got a lot of different cameras here. And I want to thank, is that Scott back there? I want to thank Scott on camera and Orange on camera. Appreciate you guys. I appreciate the tech booth. Chris, Bruce, Charmaine, and Mark up there. Um, we got a team of volunteers that uh, allow the church to expand beyond these four walls. And another thing, I want to move a little bit, because Orange, you like to just keep the shot right there. So if I move over here and fix some things, um, we can uh, shoot me over here. Yeah, that's what I do, kind of keep things in order around here. (laughs) But, um, no, online there's a presence. There's a lot of people and a lot of our moms and dads that are watching online every week. And I give a shout out to a lot of names, but I don't want to leave people out. But uh, I know there's people that watch at the 9 o'clock time. They watch at the 10.30 time. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. If you look for KCC Wired, you can look us up. And everything's archived. So if you're not here one Sunday, you could either watch from Florida or Texas or wherever you are. Or you could put a, pull it up later and, and, and watch Andy preach and, and, and whatnot. Um, two people that I really want to uh, point out to you, though. Uh, one is my mother, Janet Severance, and one is uh, Rhonda Dostal because every week they are our uh, chat hosts in our Facebook uh, live stream. And so if you're in the chat room, I want you to say thanks to uh, Janet and Rhonda right now and uh, type that in the chat. And I'll give you another prompt to type in later on, and uh, we'll just kind of keep the uh, activity going there online. And uh, um, that's happening, so I want you to know that. Uh, Another thing I want to bring to your attention... And this is just my baby of what I do all week or do every Sunday is the tech stuff. And so I'm just going to bring you behind the the curtain and uh, let you see what's going on. But we put a new connection card in your chair back. If you want to pull that out, um, one side is sermon notes and links. And if you scan that with your phone uh, camera app, you're going to get something that looks like this. And it's really a, it's called a link tree, okay? Even though we call it our, our virtual bulletin, you've got to click one more time to get the virtual bulletin, okay? And that's the top one, the virtual bulletin. But you can click in here, and this is alive live 24-7. We never take it down. But you can always go here if you need prayer and put in a prayer request. You can go here and fill out a connection card, Um Every Sunday, uh, you're welcome to do that. Put prayers on there, follow up. I'd like to speak to the elders. I'd like to complain. In fact, if you want to complain, email me at andy at <laughs> I had to get that in. Thank you. Uh, giving our website, our YouTube page, our social media that we just mentioned about joining us with the uh, tournament, NCAA, these are our social media links. Um, And if you scroll down, which I don't have a photo of, you can see our youth activities. They have the same social media as well as TikTok. So there's some fun stuff on there. If you scan the bottom QR code, it says get our app. Most of you probably didn't know we had an app, but uh, it's kind of a cheater app because we, we get it through our planning center, through our database software, so it's free, Um, And you can download that by scanning it, and then when you uh, click on it, you're going to pick a church. Uh, A lot of churches use this app, but just pick our church, and then you'll have to verify that you are who you say you are with an email. So have it send you something in your email, and then put in the code, and then you're connected. This is a one-time setup. You don't have to do it every time. So... You'll be connected that way with our app. And in the app, these are the things that you can do. Um, One of the greatest things in this app is you can see other people that are part of this church. And a lot of times people will come to me and say, Tim, uh, I I need a directory. I need a, you know, the photo directory. I don't know anybody. Well, we have it. It's online. It's on our app. And see me or come to the office if you're like, I don't really know how to set this up, but if you have a smartphone, you're good to go and we can set you up. Um, We could print one too if we needed to, but these are people who are members of the church. You're like, well, I'm not in there. Why aren't I in there? You're not a member of the church. Okay, so it doesn't take a lot to be a member of our church. You just say, I want to be a member and we can put you in the membership. We'll recognize you up here and we'll say, hey, welcome to the family. And there's no obligation. There's not a 10.99, you know, 29.95 for four months to pay. There's nothing to it. It's free. Um, you can track your giving. If you give uh, to the church, you can look in your account and see how much you gave, when you gave it. You can print statements, uh, whatever you want to do. You can sign up for events. Every time Andy announces some event, that's where you can go sign up. You can also use our website. There's a calendar of things that are happening. You can keep track of the calendar. You can sign up for groups, and um, if you're on one of our teams that volunteers here, first impressions, working with children, uh, tech team, uh, you can see uh, when you're scheduled, and you can communicate and say, you know, I can't do this week, or I see I'm on this week, or whatever. The schedule is right in that app. So it's a one-stop shop place, if, if you want to use that. I just want to bring it to your attention. <clears throat> My mouth has already dried up, Andy. I think I'm done. There's a timer, 23 minutes. So all I can do is tell you uh, my story. Um, my wife always says when I'm preparing a sermon, how's it going? What do you got? And I'll respond, I got nothing. You know, And, and it's a week before I'm supposed to preach, and she's like, how's it going? What do you got? I got, I got nothing. And it's days before, and I'm like, I got nothing. It's a night before, and she says, Are you ready? I'm like, I got nothing. I don't know what I'm going to say. But the truth is, is, God has got this. I believe God can, can use me to talk to you if I allow him to. And what we're going to look at here is the 23rd Psalm verses 1 through 3. I'm glad I'm not going to take the whole thing, but just the first three verses. It comes out of this book, uh, Core 52 by Mark Moore. Uh, you can buy it in our church lobby um, if you want to follow along. And I encourage you to read uh, this week's chapter because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but I'm not going to speak on what's in that book, Um Because you're reading the book, and I know Titus 2. How many of you, raise your hand, ladies, if you're in the Titus 2 ministry this this year. Okay. They are working through, uh, ironically, Psalm 23. So you've probably heard most of Psalm 23. I don't know that I'm going to have much new to share with you, except my own experiences. And our, our theme around here at the church is journey with Jesus. And we invite you... Uh, as a Christian, to journey along with us, with Jesus. And part of what I'm going to share this morning is just my journey with Jesus. Um, my father had just passed away, and it was Sunday, March nineteenth, 2017. And uh, his funeral was March 24th, And I was actually supposed to preach that coming Sunday, and I said, Andy, I, I, I can't do it. I'm I'm just, I'm broken. I, I just can't talk to people like I normally would. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. And so I, I told him I couldn't do it because my dad was my rock. And there wasn't anything that he couldn't do and would not. And he would do everything for me. And now he was gone. And this is a picture uh, in the hospital room before he had passed a, a few weeks later. I recall wanting to watch a sermon or a Christian podcast. I don't know if you pull up different preachers during the week and listen to them or listen to podcasts. Anybody else do that? Do you have a favorite person? You, okay, I like to listen to, uh, I used to listen to Perry Noble a lot. I like uh, Craig Groeschel of Life Church. Um, Andy Stanley is popular with North Point Point in Atlanta. But I was sitting there in my living room, and I, I would just thought, i gotta, I got to watch something. Take my mind off of what's going on. So I flipped through the YouTube channels, and I found Rick Warren. Anybody familiar with Rick Warren, Purpose Driven Life? Okay, i got a lot of people there. So uh, Rick Warren, I thought, oh, he's always good. He'll say something good. So I just randomly pulled up a Sunday sermon that he had preached. Ironically, the sermon was titled, The... Remember the God of your valleys. And it was from Psalm 23. It it was from March 6, 2017. And I listened to that message with tears in my eyes as Rick talked about God walking with us through our dark valleys. It was a huge comfort for me. And given the randomness of how I stumbled upon that message, I felt that God was speaking directly to me. And so Psalm 23 for me has been a comfort over the years, especially at that time with my father passing. And I hope that Psalm 23 is a comfort for you at times. <clears throat> it may not have come yet, but it might come one day. Let's take a closer look at Psalm uh, chapter 23, verses 1 through 3. And uh, I'm going to read it through the ESV, and then the verses I'm going to pull up will be NIV. So I'm going to do a crossover there with different versions of the Bible The ESV says it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads my path. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. J. Wilbur Chapman said, 3,000 years have passed since David sung this sweet song, and yet it's new and fresh, as if it had just come to us this morning. And that and that's so true. Let's unpack these verses together, okay, while we're here. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. When I look at that, I think, you know, today we wouldn't say shepherd. Unless you're a sheep herder. Any sheep herders there? Anybody have sheep? I, I know one in our church. I don't think she's here um, right now. I would say the the Lord is my boss. The Lord is my... My coach. Uh, The Lord is my president, I could say. The the Lord is the one that I take cues from. He's the one I listen to. He's the one I follow. Question is, is he your shepherd? Is he your coach? Is he the one that you look up to? Is he the one that you follow? Is he your leader? Because I think there's a relationship here and it's right out of the gate in this psalm that, you know what? David said the Lord is my shepherd so everything else could follow because uh, I'm following him and so he's promised all these other things. It's kind of an if-then-else relationship. If, if you code at all on computers and you're writing code in a programming language, you might write an if-then-else statement. And the big word is like, if, if this happens, then this will happen. Else, this will happen. Or maybe you would better relate to the principle of causation, the cause and effect. Um, a cause occurs and then it's followed by an effect. Um, if you take something and there's gravity and effect and that causes you drop this, it will fall to the ground. That's the effect. It falls to the ground. So if God is your shepherd, then the rest of these things are going to follow. I think there's a connection there. A couple of verses and Charmaine, I might have been out of order there, but the, the verses from Joshua 24:15. It's a pillow verse. My, my wife introduced me to that term. This is the pillow verse. Choose today who you will serve, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's from Joshua. And in Luke, Jesus says that if any man would be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's the relationship. That's the principle of causation. That's the if-then-else statement. So let's continue. If the Lord is your shepherd, let's go on with the rest of this. I shall not want. And when I first read that, I'm like, I need to look that up in a different translation. I shouldn't want. And then the other translation says, said I shall lack nothing. I'm like, what? that's confusing. I mean, I, I still want a new phone. I, I still want to go out and eat dinner at Applebee's or Olive Garden or somewhere. You know, I still have a lot of wants. I don't think all my wants are being met. I'm confused by this. And, I, I, and it brought to mind to me, I shall not want, brought to mind to the movie Aladdin where the genie came out of the lamp and, and then Aladdin was playing this guilt trip on him like, oh, you really can't do anything that you say you're not big and powerful. And then Jeannie comes out and says, did you rub my lamp? Did you wake me up? Did you bring me here? And all of a sudden you're walking out on me? I don't think so. Not right now. You're getting your wishes. So sit down. And I'm wondering, is that what God's doing with us? It's like, we rub the lamp, and now God's like, oh yeah, I'm going to give you everything. It's prosperity, you're going to be rich, you're going to be healthy, nobody's going to die. And I'm like, it doesn't fit with Scripture, and it doesn't fit with my life. Because God isn't really a Santa Claus. God isn't really a, a genie in a bottle. You know, most animals have a form of defense. Um, However, sheep that we're talking about here in the 23rd Psalm, they can't make it on their own. They can't fight with hooves or teeth. They don't have any. They can't track down food. They can't run swiftly. They can't dig holes or climb trees to escape predators. They can't kick or bite. They need someone to take care of them. And that person is the shepherd. So as we look at God as our shepherd, he's, he wants to take care of us so that we don't need anything. I don't know if I can unpack this the right way, but I was confused. And I'm like, God, are you talking about like an all-inclusive vacation where I go on vacation and some Caribbean island paradise and they bring me water and foods prepared 24-7 and I just go to the buffet of my choosing and then I can go to the beach then I can go to the pool and then we can go out and be entertained. And is that what you mean, God? Is this the promise? I shall not want? I don't think that's exactly what God was saying. In fact, let's look at a couple of verses here. Uh, Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. I think it will be on the screen. And this is the NIV, because that's my favorite version. If you don't like it, uh, you can telephone Andy at 258-9441. No, NIV, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, neither one or the other, but only give me my daily bread. That doesn't sound like an all-inclusive resort to me. It sounds like, I'm going to take care of what you need. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you. I've seen people do that. Or say, who is the Lord? And I've seen people do that to the point of saying, I don't even think you're there. Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. There's the extremes there. So I'm still puzzled a little bit. Like, what does this mean? So I turned to the New Testament. I looked at Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4, verse 19. And this is Paul writing. 4.19, he says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And I'm like, well, that sounds like Psalm 23. That sounds like I'm going to get anything I want. There's Santa Claus again, right? I'm going to meet all your needs. But then I went up a few verses in the same book, Philippians. And I looked at verses 11 through 13. And this didn't jive exactly with me. But 11 says, I am not saying this because I am in need Paul says, I've learned to be, maybe you've heard that, read this verse before, you know the word that comes next? Content. I've learned to be content. Um, um, 11, I've learned to be content. Be, I'm not, I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Paul said, I've learned the secret. It's being content. God doesn't promise to give you more. He promises you to be happy with what you have. He doesn't promise to, to lavish you with Things that you don't need, but to give you what will fulfill you. There's a cross in the lobby um, that you come in and go under every time you enter our building. And you may not notice it. It's not lit up, but it's on the wall. And it's uh, on, on, on it are the I Am sayings of Jesus and uh it says, uh, you know, I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. And, and the fact is that with Jesus being your shepherd, your good shepherd, mind you, if you need guidance, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. If you need a healthy relationship, he says, I'm the true vine. I will connect you. If you need guidance, I am the door of the sheep. I'll show you which way to go. If you're lost, Jesus is the way. If you're blind, I am the light. If you're dead, I am the life. If you're hungry, Jesus is the bread of life. If you're dead, Jesus is also the resurrection. If you're confused, Jesus says, I am the truth. I am all of these things. This isn't a promise of giving you everything you want. This is a promise to make you happy with what you already have. This is contentment. The secret of satisfaction is contentment. I'll say it again. The secret of satisfaction is being content with what you have. And that's what God promises to us. Let's continue on. Uh, The next point says, take a load off. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Don't you love when somebody makes you do something? Yeah, I don't either. I don't really care for that. I remember being a dad when my kids were young, and at nighttime, they had to go to bed. Uh, Maybe you have kids, maybe you've had kids, maybe you have grandkids, but, you know, there's a point in the day where you're like, you know what, it's time for bed. And the kids are like, Daddy, I want to stay up, I want to watch TV, I want to, can I have a drink of water, can I do this? No, this isn't, will you read me a story? Well, okay, maybe a story. And it's on and on. But you make them go to bed. Why do you do that? Are you a mean parent? No, you're not a mean parent. You know what's best for them. You give them what they need. They need rest. They don't know that. Another example would be a coach. Um, some of the coaches I've had, you know, they make us run suicides. They make us run lines. They make us run laps around the gym. And they're like, ah, I hate this. I hate running. I hate doing all these suicides, or whatever you call them today. All this exercise, why, why? Because when it comes to the fourth quarter and the game's on the line and the coach puts you in, he wants you to have the endurance to be able to make the right play, score. So he knows better than you do and he knows how to prepare you for what you need to do. God's the same way. Our shepherd is the same way. He has a perspective that's greater than yours. He sees what you need. And he wants you to periodically take a load off. He wants you periodically to, what does he want us to do? Rest, right? All these notes. Andy, I don't know how you do without notes. I even have notes and I can't follow them. So the question is, where is your green pasture? Where is your green pasture? Where do you lie down and take a rest? Probably a better question is, do you stop, lie down, take a rest? I mean, it was God's idea, right? And when he created the world, six days, he worked hard. You know, he labored away. He created everything we see. And then the seventh day, I don't think he was tired. I think he was setting an example. Stop. Just stop and rest. Find a green Pasture, and if you're in the chat room, why don't you take a minute, pick up that keyboard or whatever? Where's your green pasture? Where do you rest? Is it a hobby or something you do? You know, what do you do that's different from your work week? You know, and so and we can discuss this. But for me, it's different than my work week because it might be exercise, it might be playing basketball or something. I don't think I've done that since 2018 either, Andy. I don't know if there's a correlation there, but. Where's your green pasture? Okay, I'm going to move faster because time's running out. Uh, We ordered first-time guest mugs for the lobby, and we'll be passing these out uh, when the boxes are gone. But these are going to go to the first-time visitors that aren't here yet, and the people that you're going to invite, right? You're going to invite them to church, and when they come, we're going to give them one of these mugs filled with goodies about the church as a gift from us. And on the mug, Psalm 46.10, it says, Be still, And no. And you're not a first-time visitor, but they are available in uh, the gift shop, in our bookstore there, if you wanted to purchase one. And I'm not a salesman. I don't want to go down that road. But I want you to know we put that verse purposefully on those mugs. Um, William Evans observed this. It's generally recognized as being a very difficult thing to get God's people to thus lie down. They will do almost anything and everything else but that. They won't lie down. They'll run. They'll walk. They'll fight. They'll sing. They'll teach. They'll preach. They'll work. In a word, do almost anything and everything except seek seek, seek seasons. Seek seasons of quiet and periods of retirement for secret communication with God and quiet soul nature. We do not like pauses. From the rush into the hush in which Jesus calls us. Take a break. Go to a green pasture and rest. Living water. He leads me besides the still waters. The sheep won't drink from the loud rushing streams. Did you know that? They're afraid of the stream and and the noise. And they're afraid that they'll get wet because if they get soaked in that wool coat, they could drown. They could uh, end up Upside down, and they can't move if they're all wet. So, God leads you where? To still waters. Water's vital to life. You can go days without food. You can go 40 days fasting without food, but you can only go three or four days without water. Maybe a little bit longer. Some people have done that. But the waters are vital to life. <clears throat> you need it to live. These waters are still. Or they're calm. God wants to lead you to a place that is calming and refreshing. Still waters where you can drink. John 4.10, Jesus answered the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Not stagnant cistern water, but fresh flowing water as of a spring or mountain stream. That revives and refreshes life. Jesus may be refreshing or referring to the giving of the Holy Spirit that every Christian has in dwelling within him when they're baptized, according to Acts 2.38. A restoration project. He restores my soul Restore means to bring back, to reinstate, or to return to the former condition, place, or position. God is in the business of restoration. I've got a picture of a dresser that my wife restored. She laboriously took time to sand it. Was, I wish I had it before. I don't. I didn't find it before, but she sanded it down. She took the rough thing, rough edges off of it, the scratches. She removed the scratches. She buffed it, and she. Um, She, um, what did she do? She removed the old paint. There was varnish, polyurethane, and she put broken hard. She took the broken hardware off. She put a whole new set on. She stained it. She painted it. She didn't stain it. She painted this one, and she restored it. God does the same thing with us. He He takes our. Our our old, sandy, unsightly sins that we committed and and he erases them. He removes the old, worn, ugly markings of mistakes and bad choices. God can repair our broken hearts and our damaged decisions. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. The path less taken he leads me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. When I was a kid, I had to walk from my house down Severance Drive out on 612. We lived down at the end of Severance Drive, and Severance Drive wasn't there. Um, it was all woods, so when I was a, a kid, I had to get up and uh, take a path to uh, 612, not very far, a couple hundred yards, but it was through the woods, and the path was not worn uh too much. There were briars that would smack you in the face if you didn't, you know, be, be careful. And, and there were rocks and there were roots in the way. And, but that path led me to the bus, uh, the bus stop, where I would go to school. There were other paths in my woods. And some of the paths would lead to the swamp, you know, which is not always a good choice to go to. Uh, some would lead to uh, the neighbors. Uh, I didn't always want to go to the neighbors. They weren't always the friendliest People. Um, some paths were dead ends. So um, I had to choose the right path to get to where I wanted to go. What path are you on today? What path are you taking? Are you on a path of righteousness? Are you living right before God? Are you living in a way that pleases Him? Or are you in a path of addiction, a path of destruction, a path that leads to chaos, confusion? Busyness, beware what path you're on. There's a great book by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. And he talks about changing things in your life. If you're on the wrong path, it's just one step at a time. It's a little step. James says, just take a chunk, just a small piece and make that change. Even a 5% change in what you're doing in your life, you can change your life, change your habit. Conclusion is, uh, a home video that I brought, and, and let me set it up, Charmaine, um, I started with a story of my dad, and he did pass away, but uh, God was my dad's shepherd, and Jesus was his good shepherd, and again, this is a journey, I'm on the journey, you're on the journey, and life is is short here, and and, and it's okay because this isn't all there is, there's so much more, and even though you know I couldn't get up and preach a sermon and I was torn and I'm still torn, missing my dad terribly, um, there's a promise that God gave in mark 16:16 16, 16. i'm going to read you that and show you a video, and then we'll wrap up here mark 16:16 16, 16, Jesus says this right before he left um, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It's an if-then-else statement. Whoever believes and is baptized is the if, will be saved. That's the then. Then you'll be saved. Else you'll be condemned. I was so pleased that on... I put the date on the video. I'm so pleased this happened back in 1983. Watch the screen. Real short. I'm going to applaud that. I was a junior in high school. My dad said, I want to be baptized. I want you to baptize me. So I baptized in 1983. And he lived a good, long life. He was a good man. But he knew where he was going. He knew where his shepherd was. If you don't know who your shepherd is, if God is not your shepherd, Jesus is not your good shepherd, we invite you to come talk to us. Uh, we're going to be up at the cross. Andy and the elders, myself, any of us, will be glad to talk with you. Um, let me say a word of prayer, and the team will come back up, and we'll worship. God, thank you so much for uh Psalm 23, for David writing those words, singing those words, and knowing that you care for us and you want a relationship with us and you love us. And we just pray for those who are not on the path that leads to righteousness, not in the good path, that uh, they be challenged, Father, to know where they need to be, take steps to be there, to get there. And, Father, if anyone's not a Christian and not a believer, I pray that you would prick their heart that you would show them the opportunity of the doors always open for them. Father, thank you so much for our church and for Jesus who died for it. In Jesus' name, amen.